0: Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Slasher Scotty. I am your host, Scotty McCoy, and boy, do I have a surprise for all of you. I have on Zoom with me right now Deanna Naja, and she played Katie in the Victim No More Friday the 13th fan film. And first, I have to say, this is my first interview I'm doing with my new backdrop, so I'm so excited about that. How are you doing, Deanna? (laughs) <laughs>
1: i'm doing good how are you scotty
0: i'm doing good i'm so glad i uh set this backdrop up uh last night um probably around nine o'clock or so um so i'm so glad i got that set up it's a two-piece uh backdrop and i thought they were gonna cost the fortune it was only 30 dollars so i'm like oh hey, very
1: spooky i like it
0: thank you i love it too so the first question i always start off with that i gotta ask you so we can get a little background about yourself is how did you get your start into acting (laughs) oh it's a story
1: (laughs) um so i did not grow up being an actor i grew up being a competition dancer so dancing was all that I knew in my life Mm -hmm. and um, I I graduated and I was dancing and then I wanted to go to college but I didn't want to major in dance because I thought that if I majored in dance it would take the fun out of it and I didn't want to do that so I went to community college for liberal arts as you do when you don't know what's going on (laughs) and I as I was in community college I was like oh let's take an acting class for shits and giggles. Like I'm a dancer, like acting shouldn't be hard. Like it's in the same family. It shouldn't be hard. Holy shit. That class kicked my ass because I went into it thinking, oh, this is going to be an easy A. I did so bad for the first few weeks. And like, I got my shit together and I passed that class. And I was like, that was a lot of fun. I want to do more. So I took the other acting classes that was available And then I did the inevitable thing. I changed my major and became a theater major. So then I graduated with an associate's in general theater in 2016. And yeah, it's been a downhill spiral ever since.
0: Nice. A lot of people think like just acting is um, memorize a few lines and say them on the screen. But there's so much more to it than that
1: yeah like that that's an important part <laughs> yeah. memorizing your lines that's a very important part of the process mm-hmm. but like y- you have to really obviously understand who you're playing yeah. in order to convey it on screen or on stage whatever mm-hmm. you're doing um thankfully with katie when me and bobby would talk about katie and um dylan and all that katie pretty much is me and i feel like me and katie are very kindred spirits like i'm very similar to katie i'm very sarcastic Mm -hmm. um i do i'm not afraid to voice my opinion like if i don't want to be somewhere i'm going to let you know i don't want to be at that place like katie who doesn't really want to be Mm -hmm. hunting for these cabins like that's a strictly dylan thing that's that's going on there um so, yeah, I, I felt like I could really understand Katie because Katie was very much me. So I really put in a lot of myself in her. So it's just acting is a lot of understanding who you're portraying and being able to portray that person to your audience, whether it's through a screen or through the stage and live right. theater.
0: Right. So what can you tell us about Katie You told us a little bit about like who she is personally, but what can we expect from her in this movie? Is she is she a fighter? Is she a survivor? Like what kind of person is Katie?
1: Katie, very sarcastic. She's very um, she's more she's I like to see her as like the one who wears the pants in her relationship <laughs> with Dylan. She's the leader. She's like, we're doing this. We're doing this. Um, and she, from what we have discussed, she's the outdoorsy one of the two, because if you notice in their costuming, uh, Katie is in sneakers, she has a backpack, she's in leggings, and she's ready to go. Dylan's in jeans and a snapback and Converse shoes, which is not what you should be wearing when you're going hiking through the woods. Mm-hmm. So Katie definitely is also the pants and more of the brain And Dylan's just there to look pretty (laughs) and also to know things about Jason that Katie doesn't really care about, but Katie loves him. So she just grins and bears it. She's like, okay, we're going to this woods just, just to make you happy.
0: (laughs) Nice. So obviously we are, we're talking about victim no more and we really shouldn't go more into it without knowing what this movie is about for the, you know, the fans and the people watching this interview. What can you tell them about victim no more? What is this film about?
1: Victim No More is about our boy Robbie and he is the son of a previous um, final girl, which I won't say right now, but he is the son of a previous final girl. And um, it's basically the movie is about how his being raised by his mother. It's kind of they had to basically grow up in, like, this trauma-induced state where, like, his mom always made sure he knew how to protect himself, was overprotective, all that stuff, and that, in fact, that inflicted trauma went on to Robbie because Robbie's like, I have all these things, like, I need to make sure I'm always wary of things and blah, 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 and the movie's just about Robbie trying to help his family um, break free from that trauma by proving that Jason is dead and that he can't come back. So he goes out to Camp Crystal Lake to um, prove that Jason cannot hurt his family anymore. But as we know, uh, things don't always go according to plan in these movies.
0: Yeah, that is for sure. Um, so how did you become a part of Victim No More? How did you meet Bobby Heckman? And how did you become Katie?
1: Um, So at late 2019 was when my theater career started booming more i was getting like back to back to back um shows and um during in the middle of that back to back to back shows my one of my friends um came up to me afterwards and was like hey um my friend and co-worker uh, bobby heckman he is doing a movie and he's doing auditions do you want me to like pass your name along and see if you can audition and i was like yeah I want to be in a movie. So we have the same mutual friend. And um, I reached out to Bobby and I was like, I want to audition for your movie. And he was like, okay. And then he gave me the sides or the script parts that I should be reading over. And then I came over to his apartment, which fun fact, uh, his apartment complex, I have now moved into. So now it's my apartment complex. (laughs) Nice. Uh, i actually auditioned right outside of my window over here on this pathway over there i auditioned right over there and um as far as i know i was one of the first people cast in the movie so uh, yeah it was uh, from a mutual friend i met bobby heckman and now my life is a a sham because (laughs) (laughs) because now bobby's in my life (laughs)
0: Bobby is an amazing, amazing guy. I interviewed him before. I want to have him on again to discuss "Victim No More." Um, now that because I we did promote it already before it was released. And mm-hmm. about, I would like to promote it since it has been released and actually dive into the meat and potatoes and the, right into the nitty gritty, right? Goodness into, of the movie. And talk about the, you know, the effects and everything that we want that to discuss. He's such a great guy. Now, I wasn't on set, obviously, so I don't know how he is as a director. So what can you tell us about Bobby as a director?
1: Bobby is... So I, this was my first time in a film setting so I don't have much to go off of when it comes to like saying how he is as a film director Mm -hmm. but I generally he's he knows what he wants in a shot and he's not afraid to tell you like even if you do a take really well he's not afraid to be like okay that was good but let's do it again so like even if you do a scene like you acted and you're like oh that was good like Bobby be like yeah But I need to do it like two more times just in case like, you know, something goes wrong in like the transfer of the footage or like in case the lighting was off like for a millisecond or the sound Mm -hmm. was off. So Bobby is very, I guess, meticulous is the word to use when it comes to what he wants. And obviously he's so amazing when it comes to the lore itself when it comes to Friday the 13th because I must say it flat out right now I am not super into the Friday the 13th movies. I actually wa- I hadn't seen them before watching being yeah. cast in this movie. Um I've seen some of them obviously since being cast, not all of them. But like so he's telling me all these details that he's put in the script like oh this is from this movie and this is from this movie and I'm just reading the script and I'm like I'm like Jesus. <laughs> like it's he's right. he's very passionate about these movies and um that's also why I love when because uh, occasionally i will go to youtube and i'll like re-watch the movie and like read the comments that have been added sure. since then and a lot of the people in the comments section agree like oh this is really faithful to the movies like this is really cool to all the easter eggs you have in it and i'm just like yeah because bobby gives a fuck about these movies yeah. <laughs> he's yeah, very passionate about them
0: absolutely and uh side note and this is a thing for bobby hey bobby uh as of like it started at four o'clock. I have AMC Fearfest on. It's in the other room, but I uh, I, uh, I, was watching Friday the 13th, part four, and the final chapter is on AMC Fearfest, and it's over at ah. six. It's currently on right now, so Kimberly Beck is on my screen, Bobby. Kimberly! <laughs> <laughs> Which is, yeah but that that's uh that's good and and when bobby is meticulous about those scenes that's a really good thing because even when i'm making movies and i'm on set and i own a production company so when we're doing our movies we always even though the takes are good you do want to get multiple takes because you might want to use those different angles or you might have said something in a better delivery even though they both sounded good you might have emphasized a word more importantly in better you know in that second take that you could use in editing so it's
1: (laughs) that's precisely it there's um one scene in the movie where um me and Dylan are looking at the cabins and all that and he he's looking into one of them and Katie asks like oh is there any bears in these woods and he's like oh this doesn't look like the campgrounds whatever and um the scene goes on and then he's like oh do you want to go check out those cabins over there pointing off screen and I didn't have like a line to say afterwards, so I would change it up every take. I'd be like, oh yeah, or okay, or cool. But um, the take that's in the movie is me saying, sure, but in the most Long Island accent I've ever heard in my life. And it was completely unintentional. I did not mean to say it that way, but um, I was like, sure. And then I walk off the screen. Right unintentional didn't mean to say it that way again i am from long island so i guess it just came out but right. like bobby when we when i did that take bobby like said like cut he's like that's it that's the one i'm using i need to get your shore in there because nice. obviously katie watching the movie katie talks about long island houses with like yeah. porches and all that so he's like you talk about long island so you might as well get the take where you sound so long island <laughs> i was like okay <laughs> fantastic so now every time i watch that part of the movie i'm just like that one scene when i went sure completely unintentional
0: (laughs) that's awesome that is so awesome um so i had james on uh who played jason in the movie i had him on the show we had about we talked for about an hour it's been it was a long interview and we really spoiled the the crap out of that out of the movie it was so fun um and he mentioned about how he felt bad about doing your like doing your final scene because uh, he said you're you're short and everything, so hes, I'm the
1: was... tiny lady, yes <laughs> yeah, so,
0: so uh did he try to scare you at all on set?
1: No, no, James was the opposite. James yeah. was trying to make sure in in every possible way that I was comfortable and that I felt okay. safe doing all of the machete mm-hmm. stuff because okay. obviously, um obviously, I'm not getting genuinely stabbed, so <laughs> they're um maneuvering the machete on my torso Mm -hmm. and back and all that stuff and it was a real machete it was a real Mm -hmm. thing that they dulled down but it was still had sharp bits to it Mm -hmm. and um james was always making sure that it was that i was comfortable with it that i was okay Mm -hmm. um after every take he's like you good and i was like i'm great um funny story i ended up cutting myself on the machete because Mm -hmm. i was an idiot and I was talking to somebody and I got passionate and went Kunk, and cut my finger. Oof. So it, it, there's a scar on my finger. And I think it's funny because I'm like, I got a scar from my first movie. Nice. But um, James and Bobby felt so bad. And they were like, oh, my God, are you OK? I can't believe this happened. And I'm like, guys, it is my own fault because I'm an idiot. And I was talking and I wasn't paying attention to what I was doing. So mm. my own fault. But no, James yeah. never tried to scare me. He mm. James was the best. Scene partner to do that kind of stuff with because he always tried to make sure that I was doing okay especially when I had to spit up blood and convulse for like twenty minutes.
0: Right. Well, don't say any more because I'm gonna talk to you after this and we'll get a lawsuit on Bobby Heckman for cut, getting you cut with that machete. I'm coming for your money,
1: Bobby. I know where he lives. He lives right across the hall from me. You're gonna own life.
0: the rights, the right to right. victim, no more. <laughs> Give me your money. <laughs> Love you, Bobby. No, no, but that that's great. Um, did James try to like scare anybody off camera at all? Like, you know, spooky setting or anything like that? Um
1: uh I really I only worked with James like one a day and a half. Okay. So obviously James was in shots with like he was doing scenes with like uh Hans who plays Robbie. So I don't I can't speak for that those days because I wasn't right. there. But the days that we were there, no, James was always funny about it because James is obviously, it was the middle of August and he's suffering in a silicone suit and a mask. And he was just trying to be positive and would reflect, uh, deflect his pain with jokes. Yeah. And um, I don't know if he mentioned it. So when he gets put into the suit, they would put baby powder in it so that he could like slip into it. And obviously... He's covered in water and sweat, so the water would mix with his the baby powder, so it looked like a very concerning uh, substance.
0: Ooh. If you catch my trip, I got you.
1: And um, sometimes when he was killing me, he would drip
0: on oh. me, <laughs> and he'd
1: be like, "Oh, I'm sorry," and I'm just like, "It's fine." <laughs> As my shoulders drenched with James liquid I
0: was yeah. like, ah. oh my god uh, honestly i don't even think filming in the winter would prevent would be good enough for being in that suit because that suit is so hot and you're it's tight it's yeah it's
1: tight it's uh, he was in the water like the river yeah. with it and i was like Ooh. i i i could not do that i yeah. props to james he's yeah
0: uh, it, <laughs> It's cool to play Jason Voorhees, but if you think about the prosthetic, the same thing with Freddy Krueger. He doesn't really wear a mask, but it's like seven or six or whatever hours of makeup upon makeup and goop upon goop and you know jason bore he's the same thing like he has the hockey mask on but you have to put the silicone suit up you got to put like you know if they're do- like for example i don't know if you saw part seven where he has a spine out of his back uh, so you know like having the spine there you got to do all that prop and with the prosthetics yeah especially
1: the shirt shows it like a bunch yeah. of his body and organs are showing so yeah. it's not like you can just put like a track suit on and then just call it a day you have to show all exactly, that
0: exactly exactly and it's just it just becomes so much and then when you go into the water and like you said with the baby with the baby powder that all sticks to you and you know and, so, and i don't even know like if you have the baby powder on the water mixing is it even easier to get it off at that point because uh, does it make like a like a like a clay type mold even i don't know <laughs> i don't know i don't know the the physics of that but it's like it, it that is probably not fun to, to be in and then on top of that you're in like you said the middle of august you know the summertime you're the heat is scorching you you know oh my goodness like i can only yeah. imagine
1: i'm like it was hot for me and i was literally in like leggings and a shirt yeah. and i'm like and i can't picture what it was like for james but shout out to uh, our special effects makeup artist ricky vitus he did all of that all the jason stuff he did my stabby wounds he -hmm. did obviously joe or dylan's eye he's amazing i love him he's great
0: that's awesome so what do you believe was the most complicated or hardest part about filming your scenes
1: uh probably the stabby stuff really um because everything else was pretty simple Mm -hmm. um the The days where we shot at the cabin were really fun because we were genuinely at a cabin uh, cabin location that was abandoned. So those days were pretty fun, and it was just walking around, meandering, and just talking about it. But um, shooting my stabby scenes were... I wouldn't say they were, like, so difficult, but they were definitely the most difficult because... Obviously, I've never been stabbed before. So like having to portray that like wide eyed and shakiness was it's pretty tiring because obviously um, I'm tensing my body to show that obviously there's like an object in my stomach that shouldn't be there. And from what Bobby kept on saying to me was that when I get stabbed, Jason basically punctures my lungs so I can't scream. Okay. so if you notice K- katie can't scream katie doesn't scream she's just like ah, ah. and so portraying that without screaming and seizing and spitting blood and all of that because also that doing those takes it wasn't like two seconds and then i was done i would have to do that for a couple minutes yeah. so it was um tiring on my body and i would say that's the most that would be the most difficult part was being physically exhausted after just being like eh.
0: yeah. and definitely and even when you're spitting the blood up the blood's getting on your clothes and it and i'm not sure if you had prosthetics for the interior where he would stab you but when you would do that as well so a lot of that's got to be done also in one take because you, it's hard, you're like if you already stained yourself with blood you can't reshoot any of those scenes and be like oh continuity wise that blood's not you know n- now there when it shouldn't have been so that's it's, what like, I it's like, yeah, like yeah so that that puts added pressure onto you to make sure you get this done in one take correctly to to get the scene that you need because obviously – and I interviewed Stu Charno from Friday the 13th Part 2, and he said the weirdest thing about being in a movie – he didn't die in Friday the 13th, but he died in Christine. He said the weirdest thing being an adult is pretending that you're dying when you're really not. (laughs) and and it's fun but it is because you never no we didn't die before we didn't get stabbed before you know so you have to you have to act that out and make it look yeah
1: and it's it's hard to do that without seeming like a cheesy like usual stereotypical friday the 13th because like um Obviously, like with most Friday the 13th movies, you don't usually cheer for the counselors or the humans getting killed. You're usually like, yeah, Jason. But um, how's, this he gonna movie, kill this, this, how's he going to kill him?
0: How's he going to kill this victim? <laughs> exactly.
1: Like you're curious. And like when it's some weird, wacky thing, you're just like, ha, ha. but um, with this movie, I know Bobby wanted to try and at least have Katie and Dylan be likable people mm-hmm. so that when they do die, you're kind of like, oh, So I didn't want, obviously, if the people, the audience likes my character, I don't want them to think that my death is goofy, which it kind of is, but like, I want them to feel something. So again, it's hard to portray an event that I have not experienced and hope will never have to experience. Right. And portray it in a way that makes the audience feel like, oh, instead of like,
0: (laughs) right. Yeah, and we all want to we all are going to die someday, but I think everybody wants to die the peace most peaceful in your sl- in your sleep type of way possible.
1: Not Jason shanking you in the back.
0: <laughs> exactly. Not the good way to go. Exactly. I I kind of agree with that. I, I can agree with that. Um I always said that it's an honor to be killed by Jason, but fictionally, not realistically.
1: Yeah, not realistically. Not realistically. <laughs>
0: Don't Absolutely. <laughs> so the last question I do got for you do you have any projects or anything at all social media accounts websites or anything at all that you want to promote and also where can victim no more be found for those that are watching this that want to watch this movie.
1: Victim No More can be found for free on YouTube if you just type in Victim No More film project or just Victim No More and then Vimeo with the same thing or you can go on uh I believe it's victimnomorefilm.com we have our own website I might be yeah. quoting that wrong I don't I think know it's victimnomore.com I
0: think something like that
1: something like and that. you can watch it on there too on the website there is there is or there's going to be merch there that people can buy okay. um so those three places i am currently in a, a show on long island called okay. the musical Com- the musical comedy murders in 1940 so if anyone's local to long island that's playing each weekend in october and i'm okay. i'm an interesting character in that movie okay. a show i play a german maid um that has many secrets but I won't indulge on what they are um very different character than Katie by the way two diff- two completely different people yeah. and uh, social media um, i guess my instagram uh is almighty a l l m i d e e if you want to see how my dumb life is going <laughs> my dumb life <laughs>
0: Awesome, awesome. Well, I thank you, Deanna, for joining me. I mean, this is a lot of fun. I had a, lot, I had a good, a lot of laughs, a lot, heard, learned a lot of things. I know you were on Greg Gilbert's Python's Paradise show, and uh, me and him, me and Greg are really good friends. And uh, he and uh, he said he had a blast interviewing you, and obviously, I had a blast. So he definitely, you know, that lived up. So I'm really glad that we got to do this.
1: Me too. Thank you, Scotty.
0: Not, not a problem. And uh, for anybody that wants to check out Victim No More, as Deanna said, check it out on YouTube.com and there's going to be merch. I know uh go to the Victim No More Facebook page um or Bobby Heckman's personal page. I don't remember if it's on both, but he has uh events that he's gonna be at that he will be selling mm-hmm. at as well. So check out his Facebook page and uh, contact him if you wanna get anything. And uh also victimnomore.com or I think that's the name of the site, but uh check that Something out. Something along those lines. Something along those lines. But uh definitely check that out. And again, Deanna, thank you so much.
1: Thank you, Scotty.
0: Have a great rest of your day. You too. Bye.